0: Hello and welcome to the first PSG review of 2023. These years are sounding more and more like science fiction as they fly by, but here we are. PSG Review is an English-speaking podcast about Paris Saint-Germain, also known as the show having a slow start to the new year, just like the team itself. Very sluggish altogether, but it is a show eagerly waiting for something better, much like our youth players on the bench. My name is Nico. really great to have you listening and today, I'm not here today by myself, we have Alex who is a PSG supporter from London, UK. We will start with him in a moment to review the 22 and lean into the 23 as the year has changed. Before that, a quick recap of the match against RC Lance. The 1st of January was marked in my diary as one of the most challenging dates this season, certainly domestically for PSG. Arcelain, it's a wonderful team. I really enjoy their style tremendously. It's a fun team to watch and I always feel very concerned when we play against them. So to play them now without Messi, Neymar, Menz, Kimbembe with some players having had perhaps too much rest and others, not enough. I I thought that we are going to really need a good display to bring any points back to Paris. I mean, I was hopeful, but... It is what it is. I didn't think it was in any way impossible. Of course, it should never be impossible for PSG to win a match. Uh, I certainly was not defeated, but I was aware that this was always going to be uh, quite a big hill to climb. Uh, Because Lance is a very fast and strong and technical team. But most of all, it's a very well-functioning squad. They are possibly the best team in terms of team. You know, they play together very well. And Sunday night, they certainly outplayed our makeshift eleven. Uh, I say makeshift, you could say that it's rotation that is very much needed anyway at some point, so why not now? The undefeated season, it's out of the window now, and perhaps that is for the better. I mean, ideally, in a perfect world, it would be nice to continue with that, but it's also a little bit of a weight on your shoulders, I guess, and and uh, the only thing now that is left for PSD to do in league 1 is to win it. Still comfortably on top. Not as comfortably as could have been, but still sort of, Fine, there's no reason to feel too much doom and gloom about it. But Sunday night, yeah, we were outplayed by possibly the tightest league on squad, Lance. Hopefully, Galtier noticed that our team performance improved quite a lot when the young players came in. That's certainly something that we hope for. Fabian Ruiz, Danilo, Sergio Ramos, Marquinhos, Carlos Solé, and say, Marco Verratti in his 400th match for PSG. Uh, Very nothing. All these players didn't really do that well. I hate to say it. And I would also say that Neymar's absence left a massive hole in the team's creativity in terms of that, the way that he drops to the midfield, sometimes even to defence to help. uh, It's such a shame that his absence was because of a very silly reason. Currently, our defence as it stands isn't very good. It just isn't very good. With Ramos, we are hoping for the sand of time to flow upwards in an hourglass. Seems very optimistic. And Marquinhos hasn't been his best self since Benzema stole his mojo a little less than a year ago. Kimbembe isn't available and has some consistency issues and Galtier now has said that no new centre-backs are coming in, rolling out the screen yard deal unless they change their mind again, of course, maybe after seeing the, the display that we had on Sunday night in, in, in the north of France. Galtier said that PSG counts on El Chadai which I'm fine with, I'm perfectly fine with, I was actually talking about it in the last episode at length, so... If you missed that, you can go and re-listen or listen to that again uh, in the in the previous episode. But Ramos's contract, it should not be extended. I don't think so, and our defence is lacking a conductor, the kind of leader that Diego Silva was. Some sort of umph. You know, it's not there, I'm afraid. So, Galtier, Campos, and the rest, they have a task at hand. In this match against Lance, Danilo also really didn't look ready in his first outing after the World Cup. Disappointment and injury. He just didn't seem very sharp at all. Like I said, Ramos and Marquinhos, they were onlookers for these Lance goals, pretty much. And Lance was really good. You have to give them some credit. A lot of credit, actually. They were very, very good, and they are a very good team. Like I said, I'm a PSG supporter, I'm a PSG fan, but uh, I do enjoy seeing Lance play because they play very positive football. And uh, my goodness, when they are on the counter-attack, it is very scary. It is very scary indeed. Having said that, by the way, I don't think that this uh, match had too much significance in terms of the Champions League knockout matches that are coming in a little bit less than one and a half months. It's it's good to get this kind of match to wake everybody up. Uh, it's going to be an entirely different matchup than in, uh, in the Valentine's Day when we're playing the first match against Bayern Munich. It's going to be a very tough team to beat, but of course we're going to have hopefully all of our best players there. Hopefully there's not going to be any uh, injuries uh, that are coming or, you know, anything of that nature. So I wouldn't be too dramatic about this defeat, even if it was disappointing, of course, you know. And uh, like I said, there's there's, almost like a mythical quality to this... uh, being undefeated, having an undefeated season—that's not going to happen this season. We're going to have to wait for for the next season to have a new goal. But it's not an easy thing to to, to do. That's that's for sure, uh, because the season also is so long and there's many many competitions happening at the same time. And and especially these days, there's also a lot of uh, international matches. This year, there has even been the World Cup, of course. But that's that. Let's get now into some big picture thinking.
1: A very warm welcome, Alex, to PSG Review. How are you doing? Really good, although slightly hoarse. I played my first football game of the year, uh, not quite at PSG level, um, here in London about an hour ago. And I always shout too much and I always end up being hoarse for about a day afterwards. (laughs) What is your your position in the team? Uh, I'm a defender uh, or or really wherever there's a hole I I can go anywhere on the pitch but I I tend to prefer to sit back Um, that's um, generally because I'm a one trick pony I can stop people uh, but I'm not so good at at the control bit which I guess probably uh, will rule me out of being signed professionally for the foreseeable future anyway. (laughs) <laughs> that uh, that yeah that ship has sailed also also for me although as, as
0: long as uh, gianluigi uh, buffon is is playing on a professional i, I feel like there is a there's a ever so s- slight chance uh, for me to do it also because i think i'm more or less his age mate
1: well the frustrating thing is i um cracked my um ankle just in august and for that reason, I think, and that reason alone i I wasn't considered for the England team for this World Cup, and it may have been my last opportunity <laughs> possibly possibly that's true.
0: well, you know maybe you maybe you didn't miss that much. You can always say that you were boycotting the, the tournament and say that that was the reason maybe that's a good thought thank Thank you for that. I'll
1: use that next time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I think that's that's what also happened with the Finnish national team. They were (laughs) boycotting. And and much respect to
1: them for that. That was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Staying true to their to to their values,
0: Uh, you. But let's get into it. You're a supporter of PSG, following the ups and downs, and and right now we're very much in uncharted territory. The post World Cup period. Mm. Uh, What is your general assessment of the team at this point?
1: Well, I was so hopeful. I mean, they should be on top of the world after that World Cup final, which was a PSG final. It was just an incredible thing to watch. I, I. genuinely did not know whether I was supporting Argentina or France and in a way for me it was the perfect ending because you know someone had to win and in a way both Messi and Mbappe were able to win and Mbappe gets another chance later and so I was yeah I thought after that uh, we've got the win behind us um, going back into the league it should be easy and then well As you were just looking at the first match after, sorry, the second match after the World Cup, um, after doing pretty well against Strasbourg, suddenly things are looking rather uncertain. And it again looks as though we're reliant on those top three. And if two of them are missing uh, and the other one gets marked out of the game, uh, actually other sides can push through. I know Lons are a great team, they're second in the league. But we should have done better, shouldn't we?
0: I think this is always the thing in, uh, in, 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 in Ligon when we're talking about it and we're saying, OK, this is a good team and, and whatever, and PSG doesn't have like, some of its best players. But still, if you're looking at the quality of players we have, even if we are missing Messi and Neymar, and this is a very privileged problem to be able to have, is that you can, you can miss a couple of world-class players, but you still, when you're looking at the, the squads, you still should have a pretty good team there should really not be that many excuses, you know, other than maybe like the fatigue or, or some kind of disorientation when from, from this uh, break. Some some people have been playing too much and some people have maybe been playing too little, but still, you know, we should have a pretty
1: good team. And they were, they, they are such a team at the moment. I was really pleased to see Christophe Gaultier on Friday when he gave his press conference sort of looking ahead to the transfer window, essentially saying that, PSG were not going to be proactive. You know, they, they did fantastic signings back in the summer with Nuno Mendes, with uh, Renato Sanchez, with Fabian Ruiz, with Carlos Sala, uh, with Vitinha and McKayli. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it it sounds to yani me Michele, as though yeah. he he knows he knows what he's got. He knows he's got to make it work but he knows he's got the ingredients and he knows he can go forward with this and every year I think is this going to be the year for the Champions League and based on the first half of the season based on what we saw uh, in the World Cup it really ought to be it really ought to be I suppose I'm having this sort of moment of doubt after the Lons game but it is a fantastic side.
0: It is a very good one and I think also one of the things that we have is that when I, it was not really a surprise to me that Mbappe was so great in the final, scoring a hat trick and then even scoring, mm-hmm. scoring the penalty shootout, the, the kind of fourth fourth goal, even though it doesn't quite count the same, but but nevertheless, you know, not missing it, being very clinical. Um, Messi, of course, also a, a big match player, and I think Neymar also has a lot lot to lot to prove and a lot to show uh, that he's he shouldn't be written off quite yet, even though some people. Get quite excited about this other two that sometimes is almost Uh-oh. like the forgotten third third member of this of <laughs> this uh, of this trio. But but w- w- which is something that he probably never expected to happen in Paris. N- n- neither did we. Now, no, no one did uh, when he signed to Paris. We didn't think that he w- he would ever be ever be a, a supporting actor in that. But um, but no, but, it's but I extor- think that when the big matches come, it will be okay.
1: Yeah, the frustration with Neymar always is, and I'm going to say something. Well, it's not controversial. Everyone knows it's true. He's a play actor, and it, it annoyed me so much in the Strasbourg game. Everyone knows he will dive, and he he got sent off, and he put the team at risk by doing that. And I, I you know, I genuinely don't know why he does it. He is an amazing player in his own right, but he will he will do this. Diving nonsense, and and because everyone knows he do, does it, the refereeing staff will always be watching him closely. He's he's not even a terribly good actor at it, and he yeah, yet again he put the team at risk in that first game after the World Cup break. And, and I just I don't know why he does it. He doesn't need to. Absolutely. I mean, I I guess to his defence,
0: I could say that um i well i think that the two yellow cards was a, a little bit of an exaggeration yes mm. you could give them yes technically they were they were worthy of yellow cards but in the context of that match that was very physical and very aggressive and there were a lot of sort of late challenges uh, i think that it didn't quite follow the line that uh, Turpin had i was talking about this in the last episode but but, uh, but but yes you can you can you can give those cards and 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 they were given to him and i think also there's no there's no love lost. I mean, some sometimes also uh, the the referees will want to give maybe 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 to show that he's not getting any special treatment or, or or whatever it might be. And and of course that was a really a problem because now he missed this Lance match where he should have been and 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 could have been very useful player. And I think that there was a a kind of big hole because his work ethic has improved so much in oh. the last couple of seasons. He's tracking back a lot more. He's playing very much sort of like a midfield but sometimes he's even playing as like almost like a defender like Cavani back in the days tracking back all the way and and picking the ball up and bringing it up but but it was such a shame that that he missed this match and, and it is true that he has got some growing up to still still to do it feels that he's is a little bit immature Sometimes in these situations, even though he is the most foul player, there is that context <laughs> also to, to that. Yeah,
1: there is that. Um, and, but it, when you've had one yellow card in a match already, why do you rise to the bait? Because actually PSG were at risk when they were down to 10 men. Th- there's always a free man on the pitch. And that was in the end, that was Neymar's fault. And it was lucky that it stayed the way it did.
0: Absolutely. Well, we've started talking about Neymar now, but let's let's talk about these star players that we have. They're always interesting, uh, partially for the football, sometimes a little bit for the soap opera also that oh. they they bring with them. Uh, I think it's to me certainly it's safe to say that the most significant thing to happen for PSG in 2022 was that Kylian Mbappé extended his contract yeah. uh, last spring. That was that was quite something, and. You follow this thing from England. I also used to live in England so I kind of have the, have a little bit of an idea of, of, of the conversation there, how it goes and, and I, I have this feeling that not that many people really follow league on some people mm. talk about it quite disparaging terms even uh, but, um, but how was this extension talked about over there when it happened? was It was a surprise to all of us but how, how was it uh, welcomed over there?
1: It was still big news. Over here, I, I I think that if you ask around now, nine out of ten football fans will know exactly who Mbappe is. And just, well, after the World Cup, it's everyone. But even before, uh, it's surprising now how often you're walking around London and you'll see someone wearing an Mbappe shirt, uh, which it never used to be that you would see. I'd be the only one with a PSG shirt that I would see for months. And, and now they're everywhere. Uh, and he is just the most extraordinary player here in london i think the interest is always the players try and kid themselves uh, that that he's going to come to london so during or, or to the uk during the whole um, transfer rumors window uh, re- rumor mill here the suggestion was always that it was going to end up somehow in the uk and Manchester United were mentioned Liverpool was certainly mentioned I didn't believe it for a moment I actually never thought he was going to leave PSG Uh, I, I thought it was all pretty good negotiating tactics and but PSG feels to me like if you want to be winning the cup in Europe you would want to be at PSG they are the team with the win behind them At the moment. So I never really thought he was going to move on. You know, maybe later in career in his career, if he really wants to, when he's the age of Lionel Messi play for uh Madrid, then at that point maybe he will. But um I always thought he would ultimately stay at PSG. And and also that you know he's a very, very clever guy. He's um he's able to 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 play the politics to make sure that uh well Luis Campos essentially, is the man that Mbappé wanted to replace Leonardo. And there's a strong sense uh, in the way I read what I saw in the newspapers and uh, on the Internet, that actually that was part of the deal that he struck. He wanted uh, to be not only... The star striker but also to have some control over the direction of the club and because he is so important he got that i mean just just look back at what he's done over the course of the last year what is it 56 goals in as many games he started 22 uh on the 3rd of january 2022 with a hat-trick in 17 minutes uh during the round of 16 of the coupe de france um for PSG, he scored 44 goals in 43 matches over the course of the year, including 32 in the league. Um, and there was another hat-trick just after he extended his contract against Metz. He's been massive for the national team, um, 12 goals in 13 matches. And then, of course, it ended with that historic hat-trick in the final of the World Cup. Um, eight goals in the World Cup, winning him the golden boot. He is the greatest player in the world at the moment. It is just such a privilege to watch him and to have him at our club. And I just hope and pray, but also believe he will be with us for a long time to come.
0: Well I certainly I certainly hope so. I think it's very interesting what you're talking about this this recruitment and 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 compass and all of that. It's a little bit controversial I, I know because some people feel like the players in no single player should be given maybe that much power and and of course, <clears throat> when Bappe extended in Paris, a lot of people were saying that that he kind of owns the club and he makes all the all the all the you know decisions and 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 whatever. I kind of think that we we should give him. Uh, he certainly should be heard i'm not saying that he should decide everything but i think that that it would be uh it, it would be very good uh, for the the club to hear what his um what his views are what what kind of players he would like to have what kind of systems he would like to have because he is like you said the best player in the world right now and and he could easily be that for the next 10 years so um who who knows even even longer but let's say that, that realistically it could even be it, it could be 10 years so so you kind of have to make some compromises, don't you?
1: You do. And I just, I think i think he's smart enough not to let it go to his head, to allow himself to be disciplined. Because as you say, he is a really young player still. And he's still got so much of his career ahead of him. He still can learn from the experienced people who are around him. And I'd like to think... That he's smart enough to let that happen, um, the danger, of course, is if he starts to overbelieve in himself and it becomes a one-man team, uh, it, every time that happens somewhere else, it goes wrong. I don't think he will. He seems to have his head screwed on, but that that's the worry uh at the back of my mind. I don't think it'll happen, uh, but it is the risk
0: yeah i also
1: have this feeling
0: that he's got a fairly good um uh, c- context around him his family maybe the people who who are giving him advice and and he's he seems to come from a from a very sort of level-headed background so so I certainly certainly hope that would be the case and 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 i think that it's uh, it's it's worth it's worth making some concessions to to have him there, and I and 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 I would believe and trust that he is not he wouldn't abuse the power if if he had if if he has it. I mean I, I can't say that he definitely has it, but but even if he did, I, I think that he would not necessarily abuse it in any way.
1: And there are things he clearly enjoys, such as playing alongside Hakimi. It was actually lovely seeing the pictures. Coming back from the World Cup where they swapped shirts, they're obviously hugely good friends. And if you if you go to work and it's fun and you enjoy it, well, it's not going to work, is it? Uh, That's that kind of thing can be the sort of thing that keeps someone at a football club. I think absolutely,
0: absolutely it is. Well, from Mbappe, if we move to Messi, of course, <laughs> he's, he's he's also something of a of a, a you know world world star wow. kind of player. You know, there, there's no bigger, there's no bigger uh, name in a way, even if Mbappe is uh, is 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 forming on. A, on perhaps even higher level than Messi, whether he, isn't, he is not he or isn't. I guess for us PhD supporters, this is another sort of privilege problem that we don't even necessarily have to decide because when they play well, then the team does well and it's good. Everybody wins. Well, all of us certainly, certainly do. But what a World Cup he had. It was a kind of like the the the, the crowning crowning achievement I guess of his career which has already been just wonderful and and, and this was the trophy I think he was trying uh, you know really dying to get of course Copa America he he got with the Argentina. Um, the last time, so there was something that he had already achieved with uh, something very big. Of course, it's the same as winning the Euros, because the South American players can only play Copa America. That's their that's their tournament. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to stay away from the area where Mbappe got into okay. trouble by <laughs> by talking about the South American national team football. But uh, but uh, but but great achievement for him. And now now of course there's there's some talk about possible extension. Uh, mm. What's your view on that? I, I, I would imagine. Uh, well, I mean, you can you you have your own opinion, but I, I would imagine that 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 uh, I would say yes, but but for how long? What is the duration of the extension?
1: Well, and that is the question because I think if Argentina had not won the World Cup, if uh, if the, if the fairy tale hadn't ended as it did, then you know maybe it wouldn't matter so much if he moved on, but, but as it is, you know, I can't see why he would want to go anywhere else. It, he's clearly hot property, even if he's not the messy that he was quite 10 years ago, he still just won the world cup. He's motivated a, a team of people who, you know, great players, but they're not household names. He has brought them together. He's gone off. He's done what he needed to do. Now, if argentina hadn't won the world cup well he might well be um like ronaldo looking at just ending his playing years with a massive amount of money from a club in saudi arabia or Going across to the United States and the MLS, David Beckham's Inter Miami apparently were very interested in hiring him. But he doesn't need to do that anymore. I mean, any of the top clubs would it it would be their dream to have Messi playing for them at this stage in his career. As I say, even if he's not quite the player that he just was, he's just won the World Cup. He is just such a crowd pleaser, just such a, a fairy tale for any club that has the privilege of having him On their books, and at the moment, that's PSG, and he seems happy there. He had six months left to run, and uh, you know, at the end of this, um, I hope very much that PSG will be pushing uh, everything they can to get him to stay on, and I think he will want to stay on because why would you want to go off and play slightly second tier football in uh, the Middle East or? In the United States, when you can continue at the very top of your game, at uh, the very top of your game, really for the foreseeable future, and everyone will enjoy that. And it's not as if he's going to need the money, is it? He's got you know, an incredible career behind him already, uh, and he strikes me as the kind of person who, for him, it isn't all about money. That's not the case with every player that we see, even. Within the PSG ranks, um, but for Messi, it does feel as though this is his life. This is what he always wanted to do, and if I were in his boots—oh goodness! If if only I could be in his boots—but if I were in his boots, I would not be wanting to move on at this stage. I think I think that there's a couple of things
0: uh, that that. That is making a, quite a good case for him to to extend in Paris uh, for for some time at least. And I think, of course, Ronaldo had a, a I think is a couple of years older than Messi. But uh, but looking at what happened to him, it's very difficult for this high level this this level of players. It's very difficult for them to finish their careers with dignity uh, mm. in that way that it doesn't sort of go sour. And and so so that's the, that's one thing that when you look at that. What happened to Ronaldo in, in Manchester United now? And it wasn't—it wasn't—it wasn't really a, a great ending, I don't think, for for anybody involved. But also another thing is that Messi had a difficult last season, when when he stepped out of his comfort zone, you could say. Of course, Barcelona, great club, one of the great clubs, and 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 uh, even if it's currently you know in all sorts of financial and other difficulties, but. But, uh, but Messi made a great career there, but he took a first step out of there in mm-hmm. Paris, in Ligue 1, with Paris in Champions League, and so on and so forth. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't very easy. The, the season wasn't very easy, so I think that he will also realize that now he's, now he's in that rhythm, in that Parisian rhythm. Now he knows how the team works. He can He's used to it. He's got the people that he knows. Everything is sort of working out very well there. So to go somewhere else... Would he need to have another year there to 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 sort of adjust uh, adjust things cool. and all that? So so I would think that he's still at the age where where he's ha- he has a, a, a g- good couple of seasons left, and um, and 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 and. But nevertheless, I wouldn't I wouldn't see him necessarily wanting to take that risk of going somewhere else to adjust to take the family. Apparently, according to some reports, the family is quite happy in Paris. The children are learning French and so on and so forth. So. So I would I would consider it very high likelihood um, that uh, that he would stay in Paris, whether it's for a year or two years that I don't know, or whether it's like a, some kind of a one plus one optional year uh, deal that they they strike uh, that I don't know. But I, I I would I would almost count on him staying there.
1: You're so right about the going out with dignity thing, and actually it would be lovely if he did play his final professional game at PSG because at the moment when you look at the squad that we've got it is it's watching real history these are players that will be talked about for generations to come uh, one game which I fear won't be talked about for generations to come though and I'd, I'd love to know what you think of this you've, you've read the that um, the PSG are apparently going to go to Saudi Arabia and play Al Nasser or sort of best of Al Nasser and another club I think so there'll be this clash between Messi and Ronaldo probably the last one <sighs> I-, I can see why it's a commercially proper thing for PSG to do but I'm not sure I am actually all that interested in watching it how do you feel about that
0: I, I very much feel the same way I I, I, I... It's very difficult when it comes to some of these some of these things, and and I think that Saudi Arabia is another country that is a, is a, is a, of course Messi already has a, as a, some kind of a tourism and amba- is some kind of ambassador for, for their tourism or, or so on and so forth. But um, but but I, I do feel a little bit maybe uneasy about it. But also also another thing about it is that it comes in such a congested time of the year. The players are already playing far too much. There's been the World Cup. the the rate with with which the Champions League was played, the group stage, Mm -hmm. it was played in such a... practically almost every week. Almost every week there was a match and and, and usually they only finished the Champions League around the early part of uh, of December and now it was already finished, the the, the group stage, early part of November. And then they went to to the international break for the World Cup and everything. So those players who've been playing there and now there's uh, Coupe de France. There's all these different things. We are hoping for a good run in the Champions League all the way to the end, at the final, and hopefully, of course, to, to win it. But but nevertheless, it comes in such a crazy time because if you look at the PSG's calendar, it really is quite a hectic uh, diary for the next... I, was, I, I think I was looking that the first two months is having something like 11 matches. This one in Saudi Arabia, which also includes... The change of um, of 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 climate and and the uh, and and a few hours time difference. I'm not quite sure, sure how how much, but I think a couple of hours time difference. A uh, lot of traveling still, like a, a fair bit of traveling, more than than you would normally have in Europe or in, within France. And and then for what it's 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 uh, it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot lot, lot of matches, and I think that it's starting to turn against the players as much as it's probably very good for the business side of football and the tv rights and of course it's a lot about the tv rights and i think this would be very much the match against messi and ronaldo for the last last time i think this i think essentially that's what they are trying to build the narrative that this would be the last last meeting of these two two great players but uh, it feels a little bit forced quite effortful somehow
1: you're so Right, that's exactly the way I've been feeling about this and I just to pick up on what you said, I do hope that while you can make the business case for it, you know, actually the business case is on winning the Champions League, it's on winning League 1, but that you know, the Champions League is within grasp, don't wear them out, don't spoil it at the last minute by having silly games that don't really matter.
0: Absolutely, absolutely and and and, and that um I think that was supposed to be do you remember the date? But it's late January, mm-hmm. some, sometime late January, and then we are already playing uh, uh, playing Champions League on 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 the vale- Valentine's Day, so 14th of February. So uh, there's a couple of weeks, but um, it seems unnecessary because there's a lot of matches, and PSG is actually playing. Uh, very difficult domestic uh, matches also during that during this time. So there's there's all all these different matches, and I think that the Le Classique in in, in Marseille is going to be, I think, in the middle of if I remember correctly now, on top of my head, I think it's going to be in between the two matches against the uh, the, the Bayern Munich and, and that. So there's a lot lot of uh, lot to play for, and uh, and and it feels like this one extra match is just uh, because it, it also is it really going to count it's a it's a it's it's an exhibition match is it like you know is it is it going to somehow decide who is better messi or ronaldo i mean that i guess that yeah that i think that's been that decided already been <laughs> <Yeah>. yes <laughs> that's true but it, it it just feels a little bit futile it's cynical in that sense that the only purpose for that would just be money and if it would be played in 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 summertime in part of preseason, season or or, or some other way if there would have been a little bit more break during this Christmas and it would be kind of functioning also as a kind of pre-season yeah. or mid, in this, in this case, mid-season kind of friendly match. Uh, yeah, I would understand it, but not necessarily in this very busy time of the year. Mm,
1: yeah, this time it's crazy. Crazy. It, it, does, it does feel a, a, a little bit too
0: much. Let's talk a little bit about Christophe Galtier. This was the first defeat of the season, or, or in, indeed for him ever as a Paris Coach, but um, all in all, of course, uh, you know we are kind of uh, approaching half, half of half, half a season, and, and and the opponent was very good <clears throat> and much more ready. It seemed they were much more ready than PSG watched. But uh, but how would you rate Christoph Galtier's sort of first part of this uh, of this season the, and the and the preseason and um, with Champions League, whatever there has been? I'm particularly interested. Um, what is your opinion about? We started with the uh, three, uh, three at the back, uh, three centre backs, which kind of allowed uh, Hakimi and Unamens also to participate a little bit more in in, in attack. But uh, but now we have kind of come back to this um, the back back four. Uh, how? But, well, we can get to that in a moment. But just in general, how do you uh, find Christoph galtier so far?
1: Well, uh, the numbers really speak for themselves don't they it's been a fantastic first part of the season up to the world cup uh you know really as good a record as any season where i've been following psg and it's it's a lot of years now It's it, it's been terrific and he's i mentioned earlier that press conference he gave where It feels like he's got a strategy behind it. He's picked the players he wants. He's spent the first part of the season bringing them together, making them work, working out who needs to play when. And, you know, he's playing around, but uh, at the back he's experimenting. But it is really... Safety clearly comes first. PSG's defence has been pretty rock-solid. Uh, most of the time and yeah it, it, it's good when you've got players who can move up the field you've got to persuade the team to track back but I guess what he's done uh, which his predecessor Pochettino never seemed to be able to do is is to get the team to play as a team and it feels like there's discipline there it feels like they know what's expected of them and that there's been less of the showmanship from the big stars and 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 that's i guess what he appeared to bring to the team in the first part of the season and what i hope after this momentary blip Against Lance, what I hope we see again that this is just a team that knows what it's doing. That is that must be terrifying for any team that needs to face them. When they know this team, uh, when they're going there, or, or or PSG is coming, it must be so intimidating. Uh, the Launce result is a slight crack there, but you know all teams have unbroken runs uh, broken in the end. No, no, no one has ever lasted forever, and I'm reasonably confident. Uh, that this is going to work. He looks like the best coach PSG have had in all the time I've been following them. Yeah, he's he's certainly been, and he's got this kind of
0: calm demeanor. I, I I do I do quite like him. Yeah, the the the, the defense was really breaking down against um, against and mm. uh, at times in a very sort of like awkwardly embarrassing ways, but. But uh, but we also have these young players now. You were mentioning already earlier that there was because one of the things that was talked about, and of course, Milan Skriniar might be the name that has been talked about the most. But 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 to have the centre back, and now he was saying that the young El Chadabiciapo is of course the uh, under 17 years old uh, European champion from last summer, as 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 is Warren Zaire Emery as well with with France. And great players. Do you do you feel like Altiris is given? Um, enough time for the young players, um, I feel like we're having a little bit of a challenge in that sometimes we have these players who need to be given time, maybe before the youth players. And and, and, and now we have these players like... Um, well, Pablo Sarabia comes to mind. And I think he's a perfectly fine player, plays for the Spanish national team. And, and despite the missed penalty in the, in the, in the, in the World, World Cup, he's, he's, a, he's a good player, but a little bit struggling maybe with the physicality of the league. Of, of the sometimes he, he, he seems to struggle to find solutions to, to some, of those, some of those defenses as they are. But, um, but do, you, do you think that uh, Galtier should believe maybe more in, into these young players?
1: It's tricky, isn't it? Because in the end, PSG have got to win. You've got, he's got such a squad to choose from. It's not quite as big as it was. And that's definitely a good thing because it must have been incredibly frustrating to be a member of the PSG squad and just never to get time on the pitch. I mean, the good thing is that you can have your best players out And you've still got the best players, you know, among the best players in Europe ready to come out on the bench. And that certainly will increase competition. I don't know. It's that eternal question, isn't it? You've got the megastars. Do you play them all the time or do you rotate them around? Or do you uh, you just become ever stricter in order to enforce discipline in the club and... Make it clear that if people don't perform, then they're going to be resting for a couple of games. Galtier is, as you say, very calm. He has the demeanour of someone who can make tough decisions. It will be interesting to see what happens going ahead. And also in in the league, if PSG can maintain uh, a big lead at the top going forward. It will be a much easier decision for Geltier if he wants to take some chances, try some new things out. And that, that would be a nice problem to have. Let, let's hope it's a problem that's coming his way. That would certainly be one of the better problems to have. Yeah, of course, of course, there's a little bit of a
0: history with PSG uh, these youth players. We've uh, we've had players like Christopher Kunku and Musa Diaby, who, was, who have both been just excellent, and and, and Kingsley Coleman, who've been excellent all in Bundesliga and and done great things. Mike Manian uh, went to went to Lille without, I think, playing without having play any any matches with the first. Team, if I if I if my memory serves me well, and now he's in AC Milan after a great uh, yeah. great uh, seasons that he had in in Lille and winning winning that uh, Ligue 1 trophy as well. So so there's always that, but it's a very difficult. Uh, like if you think about it, like Christopher Cuncu and and uh, and Moussa Diaby, when they were there, they were competing with Neymar and Bappe and Cavani and 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 uh, and, and and players of this caliber. So uh, Angel Di Maria, of course. So. So it, it's almost like it, it would be almost a bit bizarre if uh, they these big huge stars would be benched to get uh, to, mm. because because Christopher Kunku is now one of the you know great names in in the European football, but at the time of course he wasn't. Nobody nobody knew him that much other than other than us PSG supporters. So I guess it's one of those things that it's easy to the hindsight is 2020 as they say, but um, but when you are in that situation it's It's just something that uh
1: they have to go somewhere to make that name for themselves. have you seen much of Ilyas Husni, who's just signed his first uh pro contract with p s g He's been in the, the yes, under uh, 19s, but he's he's now yeah. officially been uh promoted yes,
0: he's been really great in the in the youth league,
1: those youth league matches
0: um they they show they, they they the UFA that they play together with Champions League those matches that they they've been showing i've been seeing him i think he's the top scorer so far this season in the youth league so so that's that's really great and 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 a really um a really good forward really very active aggressive and and uh, and keen on on going forward and 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 scoring goals which of course is something that that we need so that's definitely also going to be one of the things the same thing also with the uh, with 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 garbi but with him it's a little bit more difficult because he's also very small in stature of course many some of the great players are small in stature messi's not exactly a, a tall guy himself but but um but it's difficult to to get those opportunities Although i will say that even last night in, in against lance when when he came in i think he was certainly bringing in quite a lot of um you know he was very active player and 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 bringing a lot in and 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 Hosni was uh, as 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 to what I have seen from him, I've been very impressed, but of course, he's also incredibly young player himself, so there's many years left.
1: Just imagine getting I, that contract at the yeah. age of seventeen., oh, what a thing to what a thing. It's just amazing, isn't it? The, i I love these stories absolutely. and I think that I think also. I don't want to,
0: because also these young players, I mean, they, they essentially they are very young. Uh, my, my son is, is 15, which is like one year younger than yeah. some of these players. And I'm just looking at these age groups of them and, and, and for them to have to make these big decisions. And sometimes it feels the young players are also very um, impatient. They're quite impatient these days that if you are playing in a team that has got all these messes and Bappes and Neymars and, and, and all these great names, of course, not all of them always perform. I mean, you, ha- you could say, for instance, like uh, Ramos is, is, is a great name, but but I don't know if at the moment I would rather have Bichyapu on the pitch because uh, because Ramos has been a little bit sluggish. Certainly last night he he was as 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 we we're recording the, the Lance match was last night. So so it's always difficult. But I feel like the, these young players are also getting very impatient and they are leaving sometimes quite early. They they're making that choice. Maybe it's maybe it's okay for them to get minutes somewhere. Maybe it's very important as well. But um, I guess in perfect world, there would be good, uh, either like a satellite club of some kind, mm-hmm. which I think that they are kind of working on, or or then, then to have a, a better loan deal arrangements where they could come. Because now also what happened is, of course, Savi Simons have been having a great season in Holland and he was even in the World Cup with the team um, and, and, and he kind of left, Left Paris, there's a kind of arrangement, but I I, I don't know how optimistic I am that uh, they will be able to to get him back next summer. Um, who knows? Who knows how is whole, how that is going to go? Because he probably is looking um, into he, he, wanting to be a starter, essentially somewhere, and and that's not a very easy thing to happen in in, in
1: Paris. Can I ask you? Uh, you've talked before about uh, in other podcast about there being lots of different sorts of football fans so I am a bit of a sucker for the for the kits that come out I they have mastered the art of and I'm pretty tight generally they've mastered the art of getting money out of my wallet um, but <laughs> I really don't like the twenty two, twenty three 23 home kit at all and I've seen I sent you a link earlier uh, on the Football kit archive website, which has a leak of next year's home kit, and I think it's just as ugly. What's going on? Uh, it, it feels like they know precisely what the fans
0: want. They, they they know fully well what we want, and 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 I think that PSG fans would be the easiest group of people to to please with the with with this with this particular uh, with this particular thing. Just to have the esther just have the stripe at uh, the dominant color red. And, and now they've just changed it around and, and, and all that. And last season, they didn't have it at all, which I didn't quite understand. And But then before that, there was two two seasons that, that were really great. I, I think that... Um, this season it would have been very nice if the colours were the other way around. I think I have gotten a little bit used to it now that it's been there. So I, I, I think yeah. that it's it's been something that I have kind of seen seen and gotten used to and that, that is something that happens. But uh but but yeah, it's 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 difficult to say. I think that maybe my favorite shirts in the last couple of years were that year when we went to all the way to the um to the final, uh, that, that was the corona season. The, the second get the away kit which was like a white and and the stripe was on the side that was very stylish yeah. and that was part of the kind of like lineage of PSG away shirts the white white shirts that that we've had before and then of course the following year after that which was I think that was the 50th anniversary anniversary season where that was just very very basic stylish and 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 that uh, not too dissimilar to the one that we have now, but it was just that the colors yeah. were the right way around. That was exactly <laughs> so, perfect. So I think, and and I think that the challenge now is that PSG has become like a lifestyle brand a little bit. So you have American celebrities and whoever who might not know very much about in, any of this and, and they are supporting, the, they, they are wearing these clothes and, 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 and all that. And with the Jordan collaboration, I think it started going that way. So they're just, doing these various kind of different things not primarily thinking of the fans but thinking of the global market
1: yeah the Jordan collaboration is interesting isn't it because my sense is a lot of fans don't like it but PSG is the only club that gets the right to use the Jordan brand and that's rather special isn't it
0: yeah yeah absolutely and I do like it I, I do like it I'm, I'm, I, I, I I think it's really I think it's really great and I don't mind I, I don't I'm not a purist like that that I would have any problem if if, if some uh, some uh, American you know celebrity or whoever celebrity from wherever is wearing those clothes without being able to name any of the players I don't mind it's part of it's part and parcel of this thing and we kind of know that this is also part of the business and how it works so I think it's really uh, really nice to have the the jordan thing but um i'm you know maybe even if i'm not purist uh, maybe i'm 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 a simple enough man in that in that regard that i'm also very happy with this very sort of basic stuff and and then when we get into this like a third and fourth kit then i say that then you can experiment a little bit and 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 do something fun and do something crazy and and maybe something like visually you know quite different even change some of the colors but I would, I would i think it would be nice to keep the the first and the the second uh the, the home and away kit as, as as a fairly sort of like a traditional
1: yeah that that feels about right um let's let's see if the leak is correct uh in a probably a few weeks from now actually
0: i think that if if we're having uh the home shirt if it's a blue shirt with the with the with the red stripe a uh, little bit of white somewhere there in the mix I'm, I'm I'm fairly happy for the most part
1: I just want to see more people wearing
0: them here in London absolutely I will say that by the way you were mentioning earlier uh, in this episode how um how you how you kind of like seeing more and more of the PSG stuff being worn in London and 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 I have to say that last summer I was in Berlin and 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 I, I've been you know because of work and 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 other things i've been kind of uh, going back and forth to to berlin every ever so often for quite a few years now and there were n- there was never there were never any psg clothes there actually i was there in berlin f- um, for the world cup final in 2018 when france was playing in a final and we were going around uh, different shops trying to buy a, a a French shirt, like just a shirt for the French team for for the final. I was ho- I was I was hoping to get that, and I could not find it. And this is uh, one of the major cities, of course, in Europe. But this last summer, when we were there, the PSG clothes were all over, yeah. and they were much more prominent than any of the other clubs, even the even the German clubs. Of course, Berlin does. I mean, it's got. Even a couple of teams, but they're not, you know, they're not the necessarily the top teams in in Germany. But but nevertheless, uh, PSG had taken over that city as the most the most common one that I saw much more than any of the local ones. So that is also an interesting thing to see uh, how it how it happens in these other countries in, in nearby these major countries, certainly.
1: And, and whoever has been responsible for that marketing push that's made this happen. Because similarly, I've been to Cyprus in the last few weeks. I've been to Stockholm in the last few weeks. And I saw a number of PSG shirts being worn in both of those places. Actually, that's really clever by whoever is pushing this. Because in the old days, you would see Real Madrid shirts, you would see Barcelona shirts when you travelled around London, when you travelled internationally, but not a lot else. Now, PSG is increasingly one of those clubs that whether people are just liking the clothes or liking Kylian Mbappe or, or whatever it is, it's working. Uh, PSG is getting a fan base of whatever sort it is everywhere in the world. It is becoming Abs- a global team.
0: Absolutely. It absolutely is. Before we finish uh, finish the day, uh, let me ask you, what what is your... Uh, not necessarily prediction, but what, what do you foresee for the rest of the season? This has been like, now we are on this other side of this World Cup and, and nobody really knows what is anybody's uh, motivation necessarily. I mean, I think it's very high, but uh, people are also tired and, and a lot of things things can happen. Of course, we don't know about the injuries that is not in our control to know about them and hopefully we are spared this year uh, for the most part from those injuries. Uh, what, what do you think would constitute a a good season 2022-23 this season for PSG? How, how should we fi- be able to finish it?
1: There is only one answer. It has got to be both the league, league on and the Champions League. And it really matters. Uh, it feels like we've been working up to the Champions League for some years now. It, it keeps Just going wrong, but in a fairly honourable way in the last few, the last couple of games, we've got to do it this time. There can never be a better chance. The wind is behind the club. Now, the stars and the rest of the squad have to get it together and deliver.
0: I like your optimism. It's good to have optimism because we all know that football fans can also be sometimes a little bit uh, partial to a little bit of pessimism and negativity so I really enjoy I really enjoyed that and I agree I think that uh, we should it's very difficult competition to win Champions League. You never know what's going to happen, and it's a, it's won or lost in a very small margins and and and, and, and minor details. But uh, but I think that uh, that winning it is is, is should be a, a, a goal. It should be a motivation. And I don't think that Mbappe, Messi, Neymar, Ramos, uh, you know Donnarumma, whoever else. I don't think that these players are in Paris to for any other. They are there for other reasons as well, but I think that they're they're not there to be satisfied with uh, with you know being on the in the quarterfinals or whatever they want to win it and they need to win it and now I think also Messi is uh, having a little bit of a taste of victory again and um and Bappe has maybe a little bit of that 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 what he wants to show that 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 he's the one he's the one and and I think that Neymar also. Will want to show that um that he should not be forgotten and and of course our team is not just these three players we focus a lot on them but uh, but but all the other players as well and and as a team it can be won. it can't be won with three players only but uh, if we have 11 players on the pitch at any given time that are willing to give everything then uh, anything is possible
1: i think it's going to happen there's my prediction i think it will happen this year
0: Thank you so much for listening to PSG Review and big thank also to Alex for joining us in this episode. Always great to have insight from supporters from different angles. Next time, more PSG Review. You can find and talk to me on Twitter and Instagram at PSG Helsinki or you can also email psghelsinki at gmail.com. That's always a welcome thing for you to do. Also, hope the year has started well, mm, early days of course, and it could have certainly been starting much better for the team, but it is what it is and at the same time yeah this was no train smash either we're gonna be okay i think and we certainly keep things moving until next time thanks again take care of yourself and peace